the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. It's uh, sunny outside. Temperatures are warm. Life is good. Kath, happy Monday to you. How are things? You know, 67 degrees is a lovely temp. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, you know, yeah. I really like it. I'm just looking at, uh, you know, a friend of mine just uh, just now sent me a bunch of photographs of the flowering trees in her yard. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I this thought, is it, right? That's a nice text message to get instead yes. of the one about your auto warranty. <laughs> the magnolias are out. Fabulous, isn't it not? Yeah, I mean, I, I took the opportunity over the weekend as the flowers were blooming on trees to wash my car. And I feel very, very good about it. Nice, clean car. Yeah, you do that not- often. <laughs> Clean that car right up, don't you? Give that car a nice shine, a buff. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you realize that I've I've never washed my car a single time. No, I never have. Never have. You've never once nope. in your entire life, are you saying? Nope. Any car that you've ever owned, you've chosen not to wash that car. I mean, I've I've washed it. I've like taken it, you know, the, the run through car wash for sure. I've done that, but I've never washed it myself. I don't know why it is because, you know, I appearance and things are important to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, but like the inside of my car is nice, Yeah. but I don't care about the outside. I, I'm not sure why. I, I have, I have a, no explanation. Anyway, it, it's a very good feeling to wash your car by yourself and dry it off. Do the hubcaps. I mean, you know, the, the wheels, all that. You clean the chrome. You do a little uh, inside, of course. Is it? And then you drive away and you go. Look at that. My and then, you get, and then it gets dirty feeling, again. Who cares? It gets, so does your bedroom. So does your, yeah, everything, I guess. Right. I guess, you know, how there's things about yourself. You just can't explain. Right. One of I'm just, is, right. you know, as my mom used to say, and I, I've mentioned this multiple times in the show, when I was, when we talk about the president, she'd say, Kathy, he's 74 years old. He's not going to change. This is what it is. Huh? Okay. So you're not 74. You're no, still but very I'm, young. You got right. plenty of room to change. I'm, st- I'm also not going to change. I am going to change. Hopefully, I'm going to change. Or what's the point? If I'm not going to change, John, and evolve, what are we doing here? Exactly. So my hope is this weekend you go out there and you wash that car. I'm not yeah. doing that. All right. Hey, uh, as we always do, we get underway at the uh, 4 o'clock hour. We look back at the news stories that have shaped the day. And uh, as we all uh, move forward now, this is no uh, nothing that's unusual about the day. Let's look at the news. Kath, please give us the top four at four. All right, from Monday, April 19th, 2021. Six people have been killed after 17 shootings throughout Pittsburgh since April 3rd, part of a surge of violent crime in the city this year, officials said this morning. The Trib reports that as of today, police have investigated 20 homicides and nearly 50 non-fatal shootings in 2021, an 80% increase in homicides and a 90% increase in shootings. 
when compared with the same time frame in 2020. Those numbers are outrageous. I can't. The trip goes on to say it's part of a national surge in violence, but, quote, this is not Pittsburgh, police chief Scott Schubert said in a statement. Police responded to three shootings Sunday night and Monday morning, one uh, one that left one man dead and four others were injured. Quote, the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police will not allow this senseless loss of life to continue. Our officers will work directly with the community to get to the root cause of the crimes and stop them from occurring, Schubert said. What do you do? I don't know. We're going to talk about that in our five o'clock hour. Number two, the Biden administration has moved to unwind strict Trump era restrictions on federal funded medical research using fetal tissue obtained by abortions. The Trump administration ended fetal tissue research at the NIH and established an ethics board to review government support for the research at universities and other labs. According to Politico, though, the board met just once and rejected 13 of 14 projects the NIH had deemed worthy of support. The new policy states that the ethics board will no longer be convened, but stresses that researchers have to obtain consent from the donor of the fetal tissue. They cannot pay for it, and they must follow any state laws governing the practice. Number three, the Wall Street Journal writes that prosecutors told jurors this morning, quote, you can believe your eyes in the closing arguments in the murder trial of Derek Chauvin, in which video evidence from bystanders, police body camera and other footage played a central role in trying to prove that he murdered George Floyd. Quote, this case is exactly what you thought when you saw it first, when you first saw that video. Defense attorney Eric Nelson, who has argued that Mr. Floyd died of a heart condition and that fentanyl and methamphetamine found in his system contributed to the situation, asked jurors to look at all the instructions and weigh the evidence against each other as he began his closing argument. Judge Peter Cahill explained to the jurors all the elements of each charge that need to be proven to sustain a conviction. In no case does the state have to prove that Mr. Chauvin had an intent to kill Mr. Floyd, but all charges require proof that he caused his death. And number four, John, I gotta tell you, the Buckos looking a heck of a lot better than I ever thought they would at the start of the season. Get out of here. Yesterday's rubber match between the Pirates and the Brewers was significant for a couple reasons, including a long-awaited strong performance from Chad Cool. Mm. I was It was super good to see that to the nice extra inning win. Pirates won 6-5 and 10. They are 7-9 and nine on the season. And that is your top four. That's certainly an awful lot as the globe continues to spin. Of course, I, I think everyone is waiting uh, for the jury and the Chauvin jur- verdict and all that. Expected violence, uh, no matter what happens. But, you know, as much as the big things take our focus, it's good to focus on the little things. That's where sports comes in and a little baseball, a little pens hockey. Don't so. you feel good about seven and nine? Yeah, sure I do. But, you know, it's early. <laughs> Just say it. That's I'm a, not saying you have to transport yourself to no, the halfway point in the season. No. I mean, I mean we're like not at the all-star break. Let's just see where we are and feel like this is, I, I feel pretty good about yeah, it. You like to see your team win, right? Especially in extra innings, right? Yes. Very nice. Especially Very nice when indeed. Chad Cool was just, I mean, struggling mm-hmm. left, right, and center. No pun right. intended. All right. So that's a, a quick look at our world. We're going to get underway. Um, we'll take a break in a few minutes. We're going to step away and go to the White House when we come back every Monday at this time. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, will join us to bring us up to date the goings on in the nation's beltway. It's the ground. It's the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. 
Why is faith in God so important? Friends, you can't please God without faith. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please Him. And if you please God, it doesn't matter whom you displease. And if you displease God, it really doesn't matter whom you please. And the way to please God is to believe God. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, Foundations for Our Faith, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Clugston is with us, SRN News White House correspondent in his weekly slot on the ride home. Greg, welcome in. Thank you, Kathy. Hello, and good to be here. Good to hear your voice. It's a beautiful spring day in Pittsburgh. Things nice in the nation's cap? Yeah, it's a little chilly this morning, but it's warmed up nicely today, and uh, tomorrow looks great, too. Very nice. Greg, uh, let's get to the the business of uh, the nation. Apparently, people are really outraged, and I've read that word several times, people outraged about the Biden immigration efforts. Um, the President Trump had towed the line for a long time. Uh, then Joe Biden said he wanted to make changes. He didn't make changes. There was some backlash, and now he has agreed to make changes. I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell, isn't it? 
it is in a nutshell. Uh, from a lot of people's perspective, the White House was saying that it's a little different than that. They are trying to deal with a lot of blowback from fellow Democrats, and this all happened last Friday. Um, it has to do with the U.S. cap or limit on the number of refugees that this country will allow in to the country each year. Now, this is different from those that are you know, coming up to the border and the unaccompanied minors um, necessarily, but especially, um, you know, through the refugee, those who are actually seeking refugee status, uh, it's 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 somewhat related to the southern border, but it's it's broader than that. Essentially, what happened is Donald Trump had lowered the number from a much higher number down to only 15,000 refugees into the United States for an entire year. Now, Joe Biden uh, and a lot of Democrats said that that was far too low a number, and so. The president, the White House, was really being pushed, um, especially by liberals and, and progressives, to uh, to hike that number much higher. Well, the White House announced last Friday about noontime that they were basically going to keep the 15,000 uh, number that the Trump administration had set and would reevaluate it like at the end of the year kind of a thing. Well, Democrats blew a gasket on this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you had Dick Durbin and you had AOC and you had all other members of Congress um, just immediately bashing the White House saying that this was not satisfactory. And so a few hours later, the White House said, well, uh, we're going to announce in the middle of May a new number, but it's going to be 15,000 for the next month, and then we'll announce a new number. And so that's that's kind of the, the backstory of where we are on the refugee issue. But it goes to show, and I think, John, you used this phrase last week when we were talking about the tightrope that the president, that the White House, often has to walk, and that was a, that was a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, you think about the, the criticism that Biden's getting from his own party. Well, Trump got a lot of criticism from his his own party for that number as well. You know, people saying, well, of, well, of all the people we should be letting in, it's people who are refugees, especially, you know, the the uh, evangelical subculture that uh, in large part delivered Trump into the White House was saying, look, you know, we've got people who are persecuted Christians around the world who can't get in in that $15,000 limit. You know, that's right. And, you know, what's interesting is Donald Trump and the, and the Trump White House, they took a lot of heat when they lowered the number by many thousands, by tens of thousands, right. to get down to that 15,000. The very point that you're making, Kathy, you had Christian humanitarian groups and uh, faith-based refugee organizations that were saying that this is too callous a number. It's not, it's not um, indicative of sort of the welcoming nature of, you know, by the United States for people in distress. And so the idea that people within, you know, a president's own party don't criticize, that's not newsworthy necessarily in and of itself, but it goes to show um, the, often the difficulty or the, the, the needle that needs to be thread, you know, by, by a White House on, on given topics and subjects. Right. And so the, the distinction here, Greg, and you made this early on, is that there, there's two different things we're talking about, right? We're talking about a surge of people trying to come into the southern border as opposed to a refugee status from people around the world. Right. There is, a, there is an asylum process that's going on at the southern border, but there's also um, a refugee process that is a separate part of the immigration system. So those two should not be confused. I see. 
Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Boy, the immigration thing, it's just, it, it's a thorn in the side for every uh, every presidential administration. You know, ironically, as we're talking about it, um, Greg, John and I were just speaking about George W. Bush's new book on immigration. Have you seen that? I, I, I know of the book, but I have not taken a look at it yet. It looks very interesting, yeah. Sure does. Really does. Anyway, just to, you think how long ago George W. Bush was president and how big of a deal that was, you know, how, you know, it, 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 it's just it just goes on and on. The cantankerous well, it's, nature. You know, it's, it. it's it's America. It's what we're built upon, right? Give us your tired, poor, huddled masses. I mean, so uh, every administration uses that and becomes a political football. Uh, you know, you want to help people and bring people into this country. It's a great country, so why not? Uh, yeah, and a, and as I said, it's difficult. all it's so easy to use it when you're the candidate. Yeah, of course. right. Because you can slam on the guy who's in office, and then you get in office, and you realize, boy, this is hard. Right. Hey, let's talk, talk, Greg, about the, the COVID numbers. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with uh, an epidemiologist on the air here. He said, you know, in Western Pennsylvania, the COVID um, spigot will open and it will come pouring out. I believe that's kind of what's happening, at least here locally. The vaccine. Uh, yes, the vaccine. Uh, how are things happening in the nation's capital where you are and across the country? Well, you know, it's really it's sort of a, a, a two faced issue right now. You have um, vaccinations accelerating. I mean, you've got three million or three million plus a day of vaccinations that are happening nationwide, you know, on a daily basis now, which is a very robust number from where we started, of course. Uh, so that's a positive sign. And, you know, 50 percent of all um, eligible Americans have at least one dose. And starting today, like effective right now, everybody um, in this country, 16 and older, is now eligible. So we've gone through all those phases of uh, who was eligible to it being everybody 16 and older. So that's all that's all very positive. But uh, the CDC officials and other White House officials at their at their uh, briefing again this morning were saying the numbers still indicate that the pandemic that the virus still has you know has a grip. You know there are 60 some thousand new cases still happening every day and and that's up by almost 10,000 over the past month. So, you know, that trajectory is obviously going in the wrong direction. And deaths and hospitalizations have also been going up in parts of the country, not everywhere in the country, but in certain segments of the country. So uh, basically they're saying, look, vaccinations, this is the White House message today, vaccinations have never been easier to get because they're now available to everybody 16 and older, and there are so many locations now available that it's not as confusing and troublesome as it was early on for our parents and those in the 65 and up category uh, to get vaccinations. Mm. Greg, there was an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend about how many expats, Americans who are living overseas, are so frustrated with the slowness of the vaccine rollout in whatever country they're living in. They cited uh, Americans who were living in Germany and living in Denmark and living in Japan um, that they're they decided to come home. They decided to come home to the U.S., you know, stay for a couple months, get the vaccine and then go back. <laughs> I, I didn't see that story, but it's it's interesting because. There are, you know, any number of people in this country complaining about our system, yet right. if you're outside right. of the U.S., you realize that, you know, a country our size with the 300-plus million people that, you know, need to get vaccinated, um, where we are right now versus where we were a couple of months ago, um, you know, and, and it started during the Trump administration because there was a push to, to work hard on these vaccinations, to get the emergency authorization, you know, for these vaccines. And so it's, it's been a real concerted effort for a 
number of months now. And, uh, you know, unless you're outside of the country um, and then outside of a couple of places like Israel, for example, which also has a very, very high vaccination rate, uh, there are problems in the system elsewhere. Right. But go Operation Warp Speed. There's yeah. And no isn't, it in, isn't it interesting to see that we definitely see more media attention when they can focus on European countries that are doing so well and we're doing poorly? There seems to be a lot of conversation about that. But when the U.S. is doing a much better job than Europe, there's not all that much conversation. You notice that, Greg? Oh, hey. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we cut out there for a second. Yeah, uh, in terms of Europe versus U.S. or other countries around the world. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that started back, you know, a year ago when we were tracking and tracing the rise of coronavirus cases as it sort of swept the globe. And we were looking a lot at European countries in particular because they were often – um, setting the pace for what we could expect in the U.S., you know, 10 days, two weeks, three weeks down the line. And maybe that, that sort of concept is still, you know, continued in terms of comparison and, and contrast. But for all of its problems here in the U.S., there have been a lot of positives as well. No doubt. Live from the White House, Greg Clarkson is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. So, Greg, uh, there is um, a climate summit that will be taking place at the White House this week. What are the details there? What is hope to achieve? Yeah, so this is coming up on Thursday and Friday. It's a two-day virtual climate summit. And, of course, President Joe Biden has taken a much different view uh, on this subject than, say, Donald Trump. And so he is, um, you know, pushing the U.S. Uh, in a direction that we saw very similar to um, to when Barack Obama was in the White House, for example. And so the climate change summit, it's widely expected the president is going to put out a target number of, of what he puts, what his goal is for the U.S. to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And that number, that target is, is, is going to be uh, very closely watched. And it's right now being eagerly anticipated by all sides of the climate debate because you've got a lot of people that are very, very pro-environment and uh, climate change um, is is like their number one issue. And they want this White House to be very aggressive with reducing those gas emissions. And then you've got others, including Republicans and some conservatives, who are, are, are concerned about what uh, what could be government overreach, you know, if there's a real push by the Biden administration on an aggressive target number, what does that do to the economy? What does it do to jobs in this market uh, that's still trying to rebound from the COVID pandemic? So it's going to be another tightrope. Here we go. Another tightrope for Joe Biden to be walking later this week at that summit. All right, let's uh, end our conversation talking about infrastructure. So when this all, you know, was first proposed, it seemed like there wasn't one Republican who was going to get on board with this. And the, the Democrats were like, well, fine, we don't we don't need you. Um, but now it seems like the attitude's a little different. Talk to us about the perspective of the White House now, Greg. Well, this is the public um, presentation of the White House and of the president himself. Like So, for example, earlier this afternoon, about three hours ago, uh, we were in the Oval Office, uh, members of the press pool, reporters, um, to see the beginning of a meeting that Joe Biden was having with 10 lawmakers. There were five Democrats, one independent, and four Republicans. And one of the Republicans happened to be Senator Mitt Romney. And so this is the second such meeting that the president has had with a bipartisan group of lawmakers talking about his $2.3 trillion 
infrastructure plan. Now, there are a lot of Republicans, most who say that that number is, is too expensive, and they also are complaining that a lot of, in, a lot of what's in that package from the White House really doesn't classify or isn't defined as actual infrastructure. There are other unrelated items. So what happened today is you had the president say, um, I'm, I'm here meeting again with uh, Democrats and Republicans, and I'm also willing to compromise. That's the, that, those are the words the president said today, and it's something that he said at the other meeting as well. So whether or not there is going to be bipartisan support at the end of the negotiations, we have to wait that out and see. But at least right now, there is an effort, a public effort by the White House to include Republicans in the discussion and the president to at least say publicly, I am willing to compromise on some things. Uh, Greg, just before you leave us, we've got uh, just a minute or so left. Uh, talk to us about uh, Minneapolis as they brace for the verdict in the trial over George Floyd's death. Uh, the president uh, has talked about this. What are, are there plans in place? Yeah, there are uh, have been some conversations between the administration and officials in um, Minnesota in particular, Minneapolis, with the governor, with the mayor, local officials. There is concern, obviously, based on uh, what will you know become the, the verdict whenever it comes, and the closing arguments have been taking place today in Minneapolis. But um, when that verdict in the murder trial of George Floyd uh, is released, the White House wants to make sure that officials are on the same page in terms of planning for any possible you know, unrest on the streets, um, obviously, especially if there uh, is a verdict in favor of the officer in the George Floyd case. Um, now, the White House would say that there have been um, conversations on a range of issues, including National Guard troops and all the rest, but they would not go into specifics except to say that these conversations have been going on because there is obviously a concern about potential unrest. All right. Well, we pray for the best. Uh, we pray for a yep. just verdict and we pray for, pray for you know, reasonable responses from everybody involved. Greg, thanks so much for being with us again today. You are welcome. Have a great week, guys. And you as well. Always a great pleasure. That's Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about SRN News and Greg Clugston at our wordfm.com site, wordfm.com. Take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk uh, about a sport of litter pickup. That's it doesn't such a sound thing. very exciting. We need it. Ads for beds stuffed into boxes are everywhere, thanks to online mattress companies. But when you order a mattress from the original mattress factory, it won't come shrink-wrapped and squeezed into a tiny box. It won't be dropped off on your porch by your mailman either. That's because our mattresses are hand-built right here in your hometown using American-made steel inner springs, cotton padding, and shock-absorbing box springs. You can't fit that kind of quality into a box. Purchase online at OriginalMattress.com or stop by one of our stores to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. At the Original Mattress Factory, we pride ourselves on offering something for nearly everyone. But there are a few things you just won't find at OMF. You won't find the big holiday weekend sales or high-pressure sales tactics. And you won't find the flashy gimmicks that don't actually offer any benefits. What you will find is our lowest and best price for everyone every day. You'll find a helpful, no-pressure sales approach and products that were thoughtfully designed with you in mind. Visit a location near you to see what the Original Mattress Factory difference is all about. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepy's at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. 
When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Robinson Township Christian School. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 43. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times with little to no accumulation, low 38. Wednesday, we'll see considerable cloudiness. It will be breezy with a shower in spots. Expect a high Wednesday of 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Have you noticed how filthy the city of Pittsburgh is? I mean, the litter is over the top. Sides of the roads just cluttered with a bunch of garbage. I mean, it's everywhere. It's embarrassing. Listen, I could, I, I'm could. i so interested that you brought this up today because I truly had not noticed it. But yesterday, let, yesterday I'm driving home from church. And I'm in I'm in the downtown area. And I'm about to, I'm sit, like looking at the what used to be the Civic Arena. Yeah. And I'm about to take a left and get on the Veterans Bridge to go north. Oh, sure. And I made that left and I thought, where did all this garbage come from? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I, you and I had not communicated about this at all over the weekend. I thought this, I couldn't believe how much garbage was on the side of the mm-hmm. road. Yeah, it's really everywhere. So, so I guess, and my only, I mean, you think maybe during, you know, the peak of the pandemic, the city and the county and all, they just were like, eh, we're not going to pick it up or whatever. So I, I see this article today uh, from WESA, and uh, there's a guy named Greg Manley. And Greg Manley, he's this competitive trash removal expert. A wait, 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 no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to need a judge's ruling on this. Mm. <laughs> he's a what? Competitive trash removal expert okay a joint project of allegheny cleanways and friends of the riverfront now this guy greg manley uh, he lives out in fineview and he said during the pandemic he was like every monday was trash day for him so he enlisted all his neighbors his friends in the neighborhood that he lives in in fineview to go out every monday night he said that was like you know a safe way to reconnect he said "I, i lived for monday nights to go out and pick up trash now, this guy, Greg Manley, has got a, a background in offbeat games because he used to be the director of something called City of Play, which was a nonprofit that staged alternative sports. Anyway, he goes out and he starts to do this. Com- they're going to start to do this competitive trash pickup. So here's the deal. It's called the Litter League, and it's got a logo that spoofs MLB. It will involve, it's going to start soon, it will involve up to 10 teams drawn from communities and workplaces. Squads will report weekly on their collections by posting photos of what they've gleaned from sidewalks, roadside, wooded areas. Teams can scour wherever they wish, either individually or as a group. Allegheny Cleanways will provide maps of local litter hotspots. Participants can visit if they choose. 
teams will be ranked in categories, including most litter collected, furthest distance traveled, and best reporting. Each week will also bring special challenges, like introducing one team with a series of videos or making sculptures out of trash. The season starts this Thursday, April 22nd, which is Earth Day, and continues through the summer solstice, June 21st. The winning team will receive prizes, tickets to games, maybe some cash, and any number of things. And if you want to be part of this team, here's the problem, though. Ten teams, it costs 250 bucks to register mm-hmm. because then they give you all buckets, the stuff, the bags the and the whole thing. Right. Okay, that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. It's just – I was the, waiting for a butt to but come But the way you're selling – the way you're selling no, 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 it, it's like fun. if Pittsburgh's newest sport is competitive litter pickup, we it does need not sound gripping. Well – I think it needs a little bit of like a PR polish. You know what? I remember I was thinking back about this because when I was a kid, we had a neighbor who did this. He would say to the kids, hey, you guys, let's run over here and pick up some tra-. – and like we were doing his yard work. Right? <laughs> And I, and one time I was like I was like not and I was like wait a second what are we doing this for he was like get out of here. <laughs> get out of here because I like I called him on it why am I picking up your trash but it does make it look if it's your neighborhood and you make it fun and you connect with your neighbors and you no, clean no, that's up all good. your junk no I'm, t- I'm, I'm all in favor of that because it's okay. a mess out there Kat. have you ever have you ever done this other than the time you were cleaning up your your friend's lawn funny yeah as a matter of fact years ago. I used to work um, in video production, and uh, Nestle does this thing on Earth Day. At least they used to, like a Nestle pickup day. And I had uh, this, I had this opportunity to go and pitch this. And then we chose a PR firm. Actually, I got a girlfriend out of this because I went to the PR uh-huh. firm. And as I'm pitching this for the video production unit that I worked with, there was this young woman there, and I was like, "Whoa, holy smokes!" I left the meeting and my knees were kind of weak. And anyway, we dated for about a year. Um, and wait, you got a, wait, you got a girlfriend out of litter pickup. I did. And then the people from Nestle, but you know, mm-hmm. as all things, how'd, it, how'd that relationship end up? Not well. I invited her to my mother's birthday party and she snubbed us. She went into the living room and watched TV and snubbed the family. Oh, so I go pick up your own litter. What a terrible choice. It was just not a good, yeah. Yeah. Such, you might not want to, you might not want to meet a partner doing that sort of thing. I don't, I don't think know. So. Anyway, look, the city's a mess. By any means necessary, let's go pick up trash. All right. What do you say? We take a quick break, come back. We got much more ahead. Uh, we are going to talk in just a little bit about taking a pilgrimage of faith. Terry Tim's with us, Christ Community Church in the South Hills. What the heck does that mean? What kind of pilgrimage? We'll find out next. WORD. Had your family ever faced hunger at a level where their life was at risk or had little or no access to clean drinking water? For children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Word FM and Cross International are asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift provides food, water, COVID-19 assistance, and a Bible. You can get involved right now by calling 866-806-2977 or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. 
At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Hi, everyone. I'm Miss America 2020. Camille Schreier. Join me in support of the DEA's National Prescription Drug Take Back Day, Saturday, April 24th. Please get rid of the unused or expired prescriptions in your medicine cabinet. They could end up lost, stolen, or simply misused. Protect your family and our communities, and let's all keep prescription drugs out of the wrong hands. Keep them safe, clean them out, take them back. Find a collection site near you at DEATakeback.com. That's DEATakeback.com. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? BoozeBugStoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Christian faith for a thousand years or more. And it's, I think probably you talk to people about it. I'm going to take a spiritual pilgrimage. They might think you're a little off that this is an unusual thing. I think, especially for us here in the United States. Well, Terry Tim is with us, Christ Community Church of the South Hills, where Terry is the pastor and Terry, welcome back to the show. Happy Monday to you. I, I believe that you yourself have been involved in at least one spiritual pilgrimage. Have you not? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, hey, just just good to be with you guys again. Uh, good, nice good to, to hear, hear your voices. You Thank you. Hey, yeah, a couple, uh, actually three years ago, I went on a four month pilgrimage, and it was the uh, it was the it was the experience of my lifetime. Uh, it was a, it was a I went actually went on a musical pilgrimage. Uh, I'm a musician by training, and uh, I had I had this dream like, what would it be like to go to musical cities uh, that have informed my own creativity and my own faith. And so three years ago, I had this opportunity to travel both here in the United States and and in Europe to, uh, you know, places like Austin, Texas and Nashville and Liverpool and London and Dublin and exploring the music culture and the faith culture. And it really was, it was a life-changing experience for me. And uh, what, what my spiritual director, 
I, I said to him after the fact, I said, you know, I, I, I'm never going to be able to have another experience like this. And he said, you're right, Terry, you never will be able to have an experience exactly like this. And that's not the goal to have the same experience. But he said that the goal is to be open and aware of how God wants to meet you wherever you are. And to consider your your whole life a pilgrimage, not just when you get on an airplane and travel somewhere, but that that our life of faith is actually a pilgrimage of faith from one place to another. And uh, so he invited me into that space. And uh, so I've been thinking a lot about that over the last, you know, three years and, and particularly now over the last couple of months in this in this pandemic season, um, we're starting to come out of this a little bit, but um, you know, I, we're, when's the last time you've actually traveled? When's the last time you've got on a plane or a car and like driven more than like 30 miles from your house? A really long time. <laughs> long time. Yeah. It is. It is weird. And I, I, you know, I, I love to travel. I, I love to meet people. I love to see the, the world that God's created. And, and I haven't been able to do that. And so what I've been trying to do though is, what does it mean to be on a pilgrimage, like right here, right in my own neighborhood, right in my own neck of the woods? Mm. How does God want to encounter me in my uh, in my life right now, and and how can I encounter God? So that's that's kind of what I what I've been about is 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 trying to pay attention to um, where God wants to meet me right here and right now. And it's been fun. It really has been. Okay, so so let me break in here and ask you, how do you Okay, what what what's like you know step one or foundational step to do that? How do you do? You have to carve out a particular time. Does it have to be regular? Like how how are you making that happen? Kathy, that is a great question, and and I would I'm going to use two um, two different sources to answer that question. Okay. One one is is some biblical reference, and one from the poet Mary Oliver. So so one of the one of the themes that we find in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that God is constantly saying to God's people is this, wake up, wake up. Like God knows that as humans, we have a tendency to, to sleepwalk through life, right? We just get caught up in our routines, our, the ordinary mundaneness of life. And God is like, he constantly uses this language like, wake up be on alert, stay on guard. And and so I think the first step would be to to wake up. The the poet Mary Oliver says this, to pay attention then, this is our endless and proper work. So Mary Oliver would say, kind of echoing what God says, learn to pay attention. Mm, That I think is the first step. Wake up to the presence of God that's all around us. Pay attention to how God wants to make himself known to us. This, this is one of the, the things I love most about the Judeo-Christian tradition, is that we believe in a God of revelation, a God who wants to be made known and who is willing to make himself known to his people. Isn't that remarkable? It is. Like, yes, it is. Like, when you, when you look at other world religions, like, they're, they're the these gods are shrouded in mystery, right? You can never know who this God is and what. Oh, I think Terry. we lost Terry. Are you there, Terry? No, 
Nope, Hello. we've lost Terry. We have. Okay. Yeah. We'll try to reestablish connection with Terry. You know, this is a really, I don't know, provocative subject for me, John, because I, I would really like to um, kind of escape the digital world. I, I, you know, you get through, you go through this phase where you feel like it's kind of eating you. It's like swallowed you whole. Yes, I do know that. And you need to escape yes. from it. So I would really like to do that. I just, I'm not sure. It sounds really terrible. I'm not sure where to fit that in to the day's schedule that I have. And then I think, well, if you can't fit in like, you know, a, a significant time of searching with God, then you've got a serious problem in your daily schedule, which no, I wait, so you, which, are you talking about prayer time. I'm or? talking about something like Terry's talking about, you know, pilgrimage, which is kind of like, a, to me, it's a little bit of a step beyond prayer time. It's right. like a, it's like you're stepping forward down a path where you are hoping and planning and asking specifically for God to meet you there. Right. Okay. So, uh, this great distance, you know, we started with, you know, Terry, Okay, Terry going around the world, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of distance there. But I have a friend who, uh, on their social feed, they ask this question, am I a Christian? And the answer is, ask my neighbor. Hmm. So maybe the spiritual, the spiritual pilgrimage for a lot of us, especially during this time, is to walk across the street or to walk across the yard and take a pilgrimage into our neighbor's life and not only help ourselves, but of course our neighbor and our community. Yeah. Okay. John, I'm back. Yeah. What do you, what, I, yeah, I what do you say about that, Ter? That is, I love that idea because for me, one of the huge themes for me when I've traveled on pilgrimage is this idea of hospitality. And one of the things that I love, like when I would travel to different cities and I'm on this pilgrimage, who am I going to meet? Like who's going to be at the monastery that I'm staying at, or who's going to be at the restaurant that I'm having a meal with? And like, I was open to like, like, be hospitable to whoever shows up. But what does it look like to practice hospitality? Like, like you said, right in my neighborhood. Like, the, the people, do I know the names of the people in my neighborhood? Do I know what's going on in their life? Like, do, am I willing to create space to be encountered by God and to be a good neighbor? That is huge. I would also invite you know, our listeners to think about hospitality in, in a little different way as well. Learning to be hospitable to what I like to call the stranger inside of us. There are there are parts of me that I just I don't know very well, and part of the life of faith is just as I would maybe walk across the street and get to know a neighbor who I don't know much about. There are parts of my own life that I'm not very familiar with. Uh, I haven't explored them. I'm afraid of them. And mm -hmm. a pilgrimage of faith that God is just saying, Terry, spend some quiet time. Look in, look in your own heart. There, there are parts of your personality that they're strangers to you, and you need to learn how to embrace them if you want to be healed from them, if you want to be redeemed from them, if you want to use these parts of your personality to, for kingdom purposes. So I, I love this theme of hospitality, both external and internal. It's... And our God is a God of hospitality. That's one of the, the key characteristics and attributes of God. God always has a place at the table for, for God's people. Jesus loved to hang out with people. So I, I think it's, a, you know, again, I think sometimes we're more open to that when we're on the road, so to speak. Yeah. But what, what would that look like in our ordinary, ordinary life? Right. 
Well, Terry, it's a provocative subject. I really appreciate it. I'd love to delve into it more with you. Maybe we'll do that offline sometime. Yeah, please do. Let's go um, into this. But Terry, really appreciate it. That's Terry Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Terry, when are you guys meeting? We, uh, we're actually meeting at 10 I mean, o'clock on Sunday meeting. mornings. We're meeting online, at, uh, and we're meeting outside every other week on the, uh, oh, the second and fourth Sundays. We're actually meeting outside. We're leveraging the good weather. We're meeting in the parking lot of Independence Middle School in Bethel Park, bring a long chair, and uh, it's, we just started on Easter Sunday. It was our first time back outside, and so uh, oh, that was really good. Uh, that's good. Different. We got to we got to exercise these uh, these muscles that we haven't used for a while. Right. <laughs> of hospitality muscles. and community, right? Yeah. Hey, thanks for, for being yeah, with us, absolutely. Terry. Terry Tim, right. Christ Bye-bye. Community Church of the South Hills, always a great pleasure. Right, taking a pilgrimage, whether it's around the world or across the street, what do we discover in the nature of God? Now more than ever, men must lead. Strip fear of its grip. Stop listening to the world's definition of strength. Discover where true greatness resides. In his much-anticipated sequel to the instant bestseller, Kingdom Man, Tony Evans' Kingdom Men Rising calls on men to break free from an apathetic faith. Do more than just exist. Influence those around you to live with the courage of a kingdom man. The measure of a man's mark is made through what he does. What are you going to do with the life given to you? Get the book, Kingdom Men Rising, and put in the work to find the tools you need to rise to the occasion as a kingdom man. Find out more at TonyEvans.org. Learn to lead with the courage of a kingdom man. Get the new book from Tony Evans, Kingdom Men Rising. Read and lead with Kingdom Men Rising, sponsored by The Urban Alternative. A heart attack? He was 47. What about Janice and the kids? Do they have life insurance? No. Call Select Quote now and get the insurance your family needs at a price you can afford. In minutes, Select Quote found John, 45, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $29 a month. And his wife, Anne, 43, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. At Select Quote, we comparison shop some of the most trusted insurance companies in America to find you the best rate in minutes. And it's free. For your free quote, call 1-800-644-1331. That's 1-800-644-1331. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-644-1331. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. So I'd love to show you why using my dad and I's mortgage team and our direct lender advantage could be a big deal by comparing us to one of the greatest places on earth, our local butcher shop. Every time I walk in, they call me by name. The steaks are always fresh because they didn't use some middleman, which also means more value for my dollar. And they're always trying to do the little extras, like an extra pork chop. I'm Ryan, and I think you'll find that our mortgage team is similar. We're small enough to specifically know you and your case, but we're also an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. Susie from Underwriting is right down the hall, and she's pretty cool, despite being a Yankees fan. For you, this often allows us to work faster and get you a better rate, which can save you lifelong money. Our extra pork chop is that your appraisal fees are on us, up to $500. We 
are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I think we'll probably use it how many times during the day? I, a lot. I use it quite a lot. Well, there was a time when it was literally kicked to the dustbin of history. However, the at symbol was first documented use 1536 in a letter by Francesco Lapi, a Florentine merchant who used the at symbol that he invented to denote units of wine, which were shipped in large clay jars. Now, it just really wasn't used a whole heck of a lot. Um, Then later on, it made itself known in modern programming computers way back in the 1890s. And then it sat fallow for a long time until they started to put it on typewriters at, but one of those symbols rarely, rarely used until 1971 when a computer scientist, Ray Tomlinson, who was really credited as one of the team of making the first email, was looking for a symbol that was not used that often. He settled on that, on at, that ampersand, and then sent himself the first email with that together from 1971. And really, he rescued it from the dustbin of history. I mean, the at symbol, I mean, what was it used for before? Not much, right? Yeah, so Kathy at wordfm.com. Yeah. I owed it this guy. What's his name? Ray Tomlinson. Ray Tomlinson. Yeah. Ray Tomlinson, he was facing a vexing problem, how to connect people with programmed computers with one another. He settled on the at symbol, which is the bridge. So So that's one of those things that I use all the time when I write, handwrite. You know what? I remember when I first started doing that, I had, cognitively, I was like, how does this thing work? I had to figure out. What, like you're the, does it go counterclockwise? Yeah, I really couldn't what figure. What are we doing? I remember there was a time when I kind of like, you know, messed it up and go, wait, John, how stupid can you be? I mean, I don't want to weigh in on that. I feel like that might be a little bit. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's one of those things that you use in such a daily repetitive format that you never stop to think, so who started this crazy thing? It goes way back to monks and then Florentine businessmen and then pushed forward into manual typewriters to electric typewriters, computer programming to where we use it, you know, like tissue paper all day, every day, right? Take a break. We got much more ahead. The five o'clock hour. We're talking about Billy Graham and his four precepts that really changed ministry. 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Republicans are calling for House Speaker Pelosi to take action against California Democrat Maxine Waters for words they say may incite violence. Capitol Hill correspondent Bob Agnew reports. Waters stood with angry demonstrators Sunday in Brooklyn Center as they cursed police and chanted, no justice, no peace. Waters told the crowd at the nearby George Floyd trial fails to yield a verdict of guilty against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. They should, quote, get more confrontational. In her words, we've got to make sure that they know that we mean business. Some GOP lawmakers say Waters should be expelled from Congress for inciting violence. Bob Agnew reporting. And in Minneapolis, closing arguments underway in the murder trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd. The prosecution spoke first, the defense now presenting its final argument. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 126 points. This is SRN News. The world has changed a lot over this past year. 
If you are turning 65 or currently on Medicare, Assurance can help you get confidence in knowing you have the health care coverage you need. Chat with a licensed insurance agent for a free no-obligation Medicare Advantage plan consultation with Assurance at 1-833-381-1599. That's 1-833-381-1599 or Assurance.com slash radio. Together, Assurance can help recommend a Medicare Advantage plan that's right for you. From executive producer and MyPillow founder Mike Lundell comes the hilarious new faith-based comedy, Church People, with a special guest appearance from Mike himself. Church People is a hilarious, heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough. It all starts when America's youth pastor, Guy Sides, realizes he's stuck in the megachurch marketing machine and wants to find his passion again. But when Guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry, he is thrust into the throes of dissuading his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. Church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch church people at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for additional savings at SalemNow.com. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. You'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 43. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times with little to no accumulation, low 38. Wednesday, we'll see considerable cloudiness. It will be breezy with a shower in spots. Expect a high Wednesday of 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. You know, politically, especially as you go from 
you know, one administration to another, and especially as the administration changes parties. There is such a whiplash that is going on in Washington, D.C. You know, the uh, Trump administration, these these were, you know, the, the precepts of their work. And they were there they were. Now the Biden administration comes in, they go, hold on, we don't like that last administration, what they were doing. We're going to do this instead. And in some ways, I mean, it's 180 degrees from one agreement to another. It's hard to keep up. And I can't imagine being part of public policy, especially within the scientific community, how that works or not in your job. Yeah, and I think I think that question of how it works is important. You know, I did a little bit of a of a dive into this today because you know it was such a big these decisions are so uh, such such a big deal politically, right? So when Trump decided he was banning fetal tissue research, that was such a big news story, and his supporters were his his supporters were so happy, Mm -hmm. right? His detractors were so angry, but when you actually look into it. The the you know committee that he formed to vet these things, they met one time in really? four years. Interesting. Okay, so let me go back. So so here's the thing. So it so it's not really. I don't know how how well it was working. You know what I mean? It was a great political tool, but it didn't. That you know that committee certainly was not did not have nearly the impact that I would have expected. Well, the activity stopped, though, didn't it? Okay, so here's the ruling. Before we go into this, the Biden administration, I'm reading from the today's New York Times, the Biden administration on Friday lifted restrictions on the use of fetal tissue for medical research, revising rules imposed by the Trump administration. The new rules disclosed by the NIH, National Institute of Health, allow scientists to use tissue derived from elective abortions to study and develop treatment for diseases, which include any number of things, diabetes, cancer, AIDS, uh, COVID. The Department of Health and Human Services oversees the NIH, restored the guidelines in place that were in place during the Obama administration. So again, there it is, back, forth, See, that's back, what I mean. Scientists okay, so- may purchase fetal tissue from sources approved all projects that had been approved before the Trump administration will be reinstated without further review, says the NIH. Right. So, so okay. So that's where that that so that's where that committee came in. If you were a scientist and you wanted to apply for a research project that used fetal t- fetal cells from an abortion, you had to go to that committee during uh, Trump's administration. But the committee only met once. So then. The good news was, I mean, if you are if you are pro-life and you disagree with the idea of using fetal tissue for research, then nothing was done. There, the ban was uh, pretty much complete is what you're saying. Right. But now but that if ban's you, lifted. But, OK, but if you're a scientist and you're looking to try to make some, you know, and if you can't use fetal tissue research, you need to decide on another venue or whatever. You're you're hamstrung at that committee because you can't get past it because it is a specialized thing okay so in this article i'm reading there's a quote from uh tara lee who is senior fellow director of life sciences something called the charlotte loiser institute she said the hhs decision to resume experiments using the body parts of aborted children defies both the best ethics and the most promising science right I mean, now there's one thing to use, I guess not really, to use fetal cells. We saw this with David Dalladin, you know, when the uh, Planned Parenthood is in there and they're literally dissecting aborted babies. Right. That's that's incredibly ghoulish. That that should not be allowed. The whole, yeah, the whole, right. 
the whole process. This is, is this is medical science in the 21st century, is it not? Well, yeah, it is, and there you know there are certain properties that fetal cells have that other uh, human cells don't have, which is why they're so which is why they're so prized. You know, I, I'm not at all trying to speak as an authority on this, John. I'm just saying that it's just it it's easier to use it as a political football, of course, than to actually make lasting change that 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 alters how people work in a day-to-day basis. I get it. Sure. And the idea and the, and the, the medical ethics community of which is very deep has struggled with this, as you might imagine for generations, because something very good is being done. However, how the good is being procured is a whole other matter. I mean, it sort of goes back. I mean, we talked, it's like Frankenstein in some way. Right? You are using body parts to create something else. Inherently, to me, that's evil. Well, and we knew from the beginning, from whenever Xavier Becerra was was confirmed as being the head of the HHS, I mean, he he was going to do whatever he could to break down every barrier when it came to fetal tissue research. Right. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this several times. Just because we can do something medically. Doesn't mean we we? should. No. I know. You know, so saw this again as well. Sort of go hand in hand. Um, This past week, it was disclosed that they've taken monkeys, monkey embryos, or human tissue embryos, and, and implanted these inside monkeys to see the conjoining of the two together, what that would look like. Again, that's Frankensteinian. But medical labs see dollar signs and think, well, I can use this for this could do some, right? So you get these ethics involved where people are just putting the, you know, the dollar signs before anything that makes any good sense. And especially ethically and especially the holiness of human creation. Right. We run right through that stop sign. Yeah, of course we do. But here's the thing. You know, the, the majority of Americans right now don't believe that there's a holiness about creation. But I do think that humans have some sense of trouble. You know what I mean? Like we talk about issues like this and I don't know if it's, you know, people who've seen the Terminator too many times or read Frankenstein or whatever it is, uh, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, whatever it is you think, now, wait a minute, maybe we're getting to a, a an issue or, a, or a, a time span in the evolution of an issue where we need to just hold up. I don't know. It feels as though Pandora's box has been opened. I agree. Hey, and- that, that, that monkey um, human experiment, was that in America? You know what? I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah, know I don't know true. the answer to that. Um, monkey human. It's from the. Um, I picked it up from the. Uh, the sun. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so maybe it's a maybe it's a European no, it thing. Is, no, it's it's in California. It is really first okay. part human, part monkey embryo has been created by scientists in California. See, that's just despite how... ethical concerns. Okay, so it's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, how long ago was Frankenstein written? A oh. long time ago. Yeah, what? Ex- that was early 19th century. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm just re I'm rereading Frankenstein. I'm using the Karen Swallow Prior. Oh yeah. Do you have the Do you have the book next to you? Can you see what the publication date is? Hold on. No, it's over. It's okay. Over on the other side of the room. And your arms aren't long enough. No, sorry. We're having so, trouble in today's show with with people who don't have long enough arms. Aesthetic thing. That's all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, medical research and the dollar signs that they follow. Of course, that will supersede everything. You know, 1818, that's going to be true. Frankenstein. 1818. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. So we've been struggling with this. I'm sure long before Mary Shelley put pen to paper. All right, let us take a quick break. We come back. We want to talk uh, with Stephen Mansfield about 
Billy Graham and the four things that his ministry created that are really key to being successful and ethical to thrive. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Has your family ever faced hunger at a level where their life was at risk or had little or no access to clean drinking water? For children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Word FM and Cross International are asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift provides food, water, COVID-19 assistance, and a Bible. You can get involved right now by calling 866-806-2977 or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booz 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. If you were lied to and buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client, We will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. happy to have New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield on the program. Stephen is the author of a whole bunch of books, including Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, and Choosing Donald Trump. Also, never give in the extraordinary character of Winston Churchill. You can find more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. Stephen, happy to hear from you. Welcome in. Great to be back with you, Kathy. Thank you. Our pleasure, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, uh, over the weekend on Saturday, I sat down and I watched a little bit of the Prince Philip funeral, which was absolutely 
fascinating. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about it. So um, there, I'm looking at the TV, and they're talking about Prince Philip passing away at the age of 99. And, of course, um, you know, when you reach the age of 99, there's a, a, a lot of hopefully wisdom that's accrued. And so today you came and talked to us about Billy Graham, who also famously passed away at the age of 99. I mean, um, Billy Graham himself and how he looked at his ministry and the rules that he set forward. You you wrote about this, did a podcast about this uh, at 99 and way back from 1949. Billy Graham had the right idea of how to separate himself from the nature of scandal because he set up four very distinct things in his ministry. Did he not? He sure did. And by the way, Billy Graham had a huge impact on the British royal family. And I, we've seen a little bit of that mm-hmm. in the crown, but it was much more extensive. So pretty powerful. Yes. In 1949, Billy Graham was a 31 year old evangelist and he was leading a, a, what should have been just a few weeks of a crusade in Los Angeles. Well, it blew up. It became one of the biggest revival moments in American history. 350,000 people attended. Thousands were converted. Uh, There's a great little backstory I'll tell very briefly that William Randolph Hearst sent a two-word telegram to all of his newspapers that said, Puff Graham. And all of his newspapers began to promote Billy Graham and this crusade, and it just became a national affair. So all of that to say that... um, What happened was that Billy Graham, having had such success, was wise enough to know that he was heading towards fame. He was heading probably towards more wealth than he'd ever known before. And so he got with his team members and he said, we've got to lay out some principles of conduct so that we don't go the way of all the other ministers who have fallen, the sort of Elmer Gantry types, Elmer Gantry being the name, of course, of the famous book by Sinclair Lewis. And we want we want to survive. We want to we want to finish well. We want to we want to set a moral example. And so he set out certain principles. Fabulous. I mean, that's so incredibly wise for him to have the, the vision to do this because right, and realizing that he needs and everybody traveling with him needs some kind of, you know, fence around them. Yes. We all need moral fences. We all need to protect what we care about with, with morality and with, with principles of conduct, loving my children, loving my wife, uh, protecting my finances, being a godly man. Uh, all of these things need to be protected. The best way to do that is to have some absolutely inviolate principles. And, of course, that's what Billy Graham did. I, I, I have to say that when we were celebrating his funeral uh, just not too long ago, there, were, there, were, there was controversy a little bit because some people don't like Billy Graham. But no one could make a moral charge against them. No one could say there had been impropriety. And that's testament to those principles he laid out in 1949. Boy, it truly is. I mean, you think of the thousands, millions of people that the ministry impacted, and for no one to raise a red flag and say, hold on, hold on. So, Stephen, let's go through these these four principles. I mean, they're all fascinating, and they're all corner, cornerstones of what Billy Graham's life and ministry was about. Do we lose Stephen? Hello. I think I'm, maybe uh, we we'll might get have back lost to Stephen. Yeah, okay. we've lost it. Uh, we've All lost right, Stephen. We will effort a uh, technological reset with Dr. Stephen Mansfield. Um, Stephen's the author of a bunch of books. Let me give you just a couple. Um, Choosing Donald Trump, 
never give in the extraordinary character of Winston Churchill and Lincoln's battle with God. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about um, the rules, these rules that um, that Billy Graham decided to utilize in his work life and his personal life, John, you know, you have to, as you said, admire so much his self, his, his humility and his knowledge of himself and how easily he could fall at the same time, you know, we've had so much conversation in the last decade about the Billy Graham rule and what that, you know, what that means for women in the workplace. Right. So I don't think it has to be an either or situation. I just think that keeping the conversation going around those types of issues is really important. Right. I mean, because wisdom is wisdom, whether it's 1949 or 2021, Stephen, welcome back. So, we were just talking about, you know, the long sweep of Billy Graham and his ministry. But these four principles that you have written about and talked about in your podcast at stephenmansfield.tv. Let's talk about um, the idea of Billy Graham and knowing that, you know, all sorts of money was changing hands uh, through his different revivals and whatnot. Financial impropriety was going to be avoided at all costs. Absolutely. And they put some practical steps in place. First of all, he decided that he and his team would only draw salaries. In other words, they wouldn't, you know, generate big offerings and then just split that up like mm-hmm. like mafia members or something. You know, uh, they would all take salaries. The rest of the money would go into the ministry and to the locality. Also, they allowed local committees to handle the money in the crusades, to collect the money, to count the money. So there was tremendous accountability, and this kept him from any kind of financial uh, misdealings. I have to say that in his ministry, you know, obviously millions and millions and millions of dollars passed through the ministry's hands, but never once was there any allegation of misdealing. Fabulous. So what did that look like? I mean, you know, just from a practical level, there was, you know, sort of like if Billy Graham would come into Pittsburgh, there was a local organization that would sponsor Billy Graham. Of course, that took a lot of time and money and resources to do that. And then, of course, there's the national ministry. Did these two come around each other and sort of, you know, shake hands and share responsibilities? And the money was, you know, sort of, you know, for the national look and for the local look as well? Yes, I, I was actually involved in a Billy Graham crusade in Nashville, Tennessee, one of his biggest. And that's exactly what happened. The ministry would come in and basically create a local organization of volunteers. They would, in, in essence, submit themselves to the local. And so the money would be generated. Local bills would be paid. Yes, the ministry would take a portion for salaries and for future crusades. and Everybody was fine with that. Uh, but there's just no question that they made themselves hyper accountable to the local, and that I'm sure was a hedge against any kind of misdealings. Mm. Stephen Mansfield with us. You can find more about Stephen at Stephen, S T E P H E N, mansfield.tv. Okay, Stephen, uh, when we were trying to get you back on the air, John and I were talking about um, the Billy Graham rule, uh, which is that, you know, well, first of all, why don't you explain it based on the research that you've done? Well, the main Billy Graham rule that, that I've followed all my life and that I know other uh, leaders have as well is that he absolutely refused to have any sexual impropriety, of course. And so uh, he would keep his travel plans secret. He would never give out his hotel room number, uh, name, even location. Even, by the way, I was on the team that was helping uh, further along and lead the Billy Graham crusade here in Nashville. I did not know where he was staying. I did not know his room number. I did not have his personal phone number. So uh, that's how secret they would keep it so that he would not, of course, be disturbed, but also so there wouldn't be any sexual impropriety. He didn't. He never traveled alone. Uh, he always kept his wife close. She wasn't here in Nashville, but uh, he kept her close. 
And that's what all of the all of them did. They were accountable to each other. They checked in with each other. They asked each other about how things were going. Uh, you know, did they have any problems with corn and what have you? Um, and so they they really did keep each other very accountable, and they kept each other safe. And given that we know that you know one of the main failings of those who fall, one of the main reasons that leaders fall is sexual. Uh, this was tremendous wisdom coming long before we had the of the spate of failures that we've had in recent decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no question about that. Um, what about the, the portion of the Billy Graham rule that's more popularly understood, though, which is the one that he would not be alone with a woman um, if his wife wasn't present? Yes, that was part of this. He would never meet with a woman alone. He didn't have women on his, in his immediate circle of staff so that that wouldn't be necessary. He had lots of women in his organization. But he would never be alone with a woman. And it was some great wisdom. And we all know, I think, that when Vice President Pence observed this rule when he first became vice president, of course, he was ridiculed. But it, it's been something that's kept many, many leaders, not just ministers, but many leaders uh, in the corridors of safety. And I, I really applaud it. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be weird. I observe that rule, and I have female staff. And, and it, the rule is just I don't meet alone with them. There are other people. There's a mixture of folks, and there can be three women sitting around my desk or whatever, but never am I alone. And I got to tell you, it's tremendous safety, and it doesn't offend anybody. And, and I think actually it brings a certain trustworthiness that is essential in leadership today. And to that, Stephen Mansfield with us. He's a writer, uh, a podcaster. You can find him at stephenmansfield.tv. Stephen, uh, this next precept, which I really love, is the idea of Christian unity and that Billy Graham made it a point wherever he went to invite other Christians on the platform with him. White, black, red, yellow, right? I mean, it was just the whole mass of what Christianity is where you lived. Well, there's no question about it. This is one of the things I really applaud. Uh, Billy Graham, when the, when the history of race relations in this country is finally written, I mean, the final chapter, Billy Graham's going to have a prominent place in that story. Because long before blacks were allowed to be in white religious gatherings, for example, in the South, Billy Graham insisted on having African-American clergy on stage. Um, he didn't. He also just didn't have conservative and evangelical clergy. He would have the Roman Catholic priest, the archbishop, uh, the, the local bishop. He would he would have uh, the Anglican priest, the Episcopal priest, etc. Uh, you, you can look at his crusades and see videos of people dressed in liturgical garb standing behind him. Here, here he was a, a Southern Baptist. And the other thing that I really admire in this category, John, is that. Whenever he would receive criticism from a clergy, and he knew about it, he would invite that clergyman to come and sit on stage. So wow. some of the ones sitting on stage were people who had actually spoken out against him in the press or spoken out against him uh, in some other format. And he would say, hey, I, I appreciate your criticism. Come sit on stage and see what you think. Of course, almost all of them were you know, maybe not converted in the sense that they came to faith, but certainly converted to the cause of Billy Graham and, the, and that kind of revival. So I, I just think it's amazing what he accomplished. Oh, that's so fabulous. I mean, I love that. I mean, and again, like this goes to transparency, right? He had nothing to hide. He was nothing. He was not afraid of anything. So if you're an enemy of mine, come and see how it works. And then your idea may be changed. Well, it's a great example for all of us who are leaders. Just live such a transparent life. 
run such a clean organization that anybody can watch at a close distance. I mean, he wasn't selling snake oil, as they sometimes laughingly say. Billy Graham wasn't doing anything untoward. He wasn't faking converts. Uh, thousands and thousands of tearful people would come to the front, and you couldn't help but be moved. But he was so as a result of him living a clean life and running a clean, lean organization, he was happy for his critics to come and watch. He would beg them to. He would ask the secular press to show up with their cameras, and they would accommodate them. Um, he, he once had Playboy reporters there, not not sitting with the clergy, of course, but pretty close off stage. He said, "Absolutely, report as you wish. I have nothing to hide." That is the level of integrity that we need to see restored in our time. You got that right. Okay, so Stephen, uh, one of the last pillars, the last pillar here, is that there was honesty in all of their dealings. And how did that play out? Well, as you can imagine, uh, as we've seen in recent history, uh, one of the one of the big bragging points or points that sometimes some folks would inflate, some clergy would inflate, was the size of the crowd. If you had an open air meeting in a park or something, how big was the was the crowd? And were people going on speaking evangelistically, as we now humorously say? Well, you know what Billy Graham decided was: look, we won't even report the size of the crowd. We'll leave that to the police. And so, at wherever he went, for example, that number that I've given you, three hundred and fifty thousand at the L.A. Uh, crusade in nineteen. 19- that's not his organization's number. That's the official report from the L.A. police. And by the way, police reports of, of crowd size tend to be a little bit conservative. So all of that to say that uh, this, is a, this is just a wonderful example of integrity that we ought to maintain, not just amongst clergy, not just in religious organizations, but in every kind of leadership. How much better off we would be if we followed Billy Graham's example. Author Stephen Mansfield, New York Times bestselling author of Pope Benedict, Choosing Donald Trump and Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. We need to step aside. When we come back, we're going to talk to Stephen about, I don't know, how, how the trials of just, you know, stuff around your house can kind of test your marriage. That's next. Right home. Hard to believe, but soon graduation season will be upon us. And for the graduates at Grove City College, holding that degree in their hands, it means something different. It means something different from a four-year traditional secular college because Grove City College is so biblically based. The tools that are necessary to navigate through four years at Grove City College, totally different than a traditional college. Do yourself a favor. There is truth. There is strength. There is great growth from a Christ-centered worldview, and you only get that at Grove City College here locally. Kath? One of the things that I've thought of a lot since my kids started at Grove City is the fact that I I think they hear more of um, differences of opinion there than they would at a public school. And I know that sounds surprising to people. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like the professors there are really eager to hear from students who have different points of view about things. Mm -hmm. And um, discussions can happen in the classroom there where, you know, different points of view are not just respected, but they're actually invited. And, you know, in a lot of public schools now, that's just not the case. And so looking back on Grove City, it's one of the things I've been most thankful for. It's a really well-rounded education. 
The complex world, start out right with a degree from Grove City, gcc.edu. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Where can you find a high-quality, locally hand-built mattress at a factory direct value? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our factory direct business model allows us to provide a better quality mattress at a better price when compared to mainstream mattress brands. That's because we manufacture our mattresses in our local factories and sell them directly to you, eliminating the middleman markup and saving you money. And we can provide fast local delivery as well as pick up seven days a week at our factory location. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 43. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times with little to no accumulation, low 38. Wednesday, we'll see considerable cloudiness. It will be breezy with a shower in spots. Expect a high Wednesday of 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Back with Stephen Mansfield, New York Times bestselling author. Find out more at Stephen S T E P H E N Mansfield TV. Stephen, in reading your your podcast or listening to your podcast and looking at your blog, you do an excellent job on your website. And um, I saw an article which uh, made me raise an eyebrow and feel really uh, horrible for you because you, you describe an experience that you and your wife suffered through 2020, where you had to rebuild not one but two uh, places that you had lived in. Tell us that story, please. Oh, well, it's, I appreciate you asking. Um, at the beginning of 2020, um, in, in the last day of February, we got a phone call that uh, the home we keep in D.C., because of what I do there, as you know, you know, working with government figures and so on, that home had been completely steamed. Um, something had broken in the bathroom wall. Uh, it had sprayed hot water out the shower, and we weren't there, of course. We live in two cities because we have missions in two cities for things to do, um, work to do. And so um, we weren't there. And so for three weeks, it steamed our, our home in D.C. And the place had to be completely gutted and completely rebuilt. Well, oh okay, goodness. so we rolled up our sleeves, and we did it, and we got it done by uh, September. You won't believe this. We moved in. Uh, one day, we're still kind of you know, unpacking boxes and so on. The very next morning after moving in, we got a phone call that our home in Nashville uh, had a pipe break. We live in a tall building in Nashville, but one of the pipes broke several floors up, and our place was flooded. We had a guest staying in our home, and she was sloshing through water in the middle of our place. 
So I know it's hard to believe, but we then had to finish our work in D.C., come to Nashville, and we spent the last six months months rebuilding uh, this home. So on the one hand, we're amazingly blessed. We're alive. We're fine. We've gotten through COVID. Um, You know, we're blessed enough to have two homes so we can do what God's called us to do. On the other hand, it's been 16 months of rebuilding two homes. I mean, I mean, the most simplest home improvements can test a marriage. I can't imagine rebuilding two separate places. What did that do to you and your wife? Well, we, we do have an exceptional marriage, and it's because we do everything by agreement. We really are one. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's just what we worked hard to accomplish and God has blessed us with. The, the, the other good news is that we have very different skill sets. Uh, Bev is a higher math major. Uh, advanced degrees in math. And so she handles the money in our family. She handles the buying. She handles the measuring and the design. Um, I handle my my main gifts are, of course, linguistic and philosophical. But in this case, um, I handled all the muscle work. Being an ex-football player, I got in there, got the crews going, got things moved out, got the drywall torn out. So I think it was the division of labor that we had, and yet the the connection of heart and the, and the common vision that got us through this thing. And um, we still love each other very much, but I'll tell you what, we, we, uh, it's okay to have a little time alone right about I'm this sure time. Okay. All right. Now, let me tell you that, yeah, that on Saturday of this weekend, my husband and I had to fix the toilet. Okay. Now, one toilet, two of us trying to fix it. Now, I, it was so tense, Stephen, over the one toilet. Okay. It was it's, it's the simplest thing. But my husband, my husband's a musician. And, you know, this is what I do. So neither one of us are good with fixing things. We're horribly non mechanical. It would like by the end of the day, we thought, you know, let's just maybe next time call the plumber. Yeah. Hire a contractor. Like just in the interest of us maintaining our union. Please do. Yeah. Well, it's a good idea, by the way, to, to hire experts. That's one thing Bev and I don't do. We don't try to do everything on our own. I am not Mr. Fix-It, trust me. So we do hire good people. We do trust them. We have friends in the construction industry, and we got them involved and listened to them. So one of my great principles of life is call in reinforcements. I'll do what I yes. can do, but the moment you get to the edge of my skills, I have it does not diminish my ego one little bit uh, to call somebody to take care of the ch- challenge here. that. Okay, Stephen, but you raise an interesting point, though, because when you do work with contractors, invariably, you know, uh, like anything, there's wrinkles along the way. How do you approach having to deal with a contractor? I mean, you know, you don't want to be uh, an angry maniac, but you still have to be firm, yeah? No, I'm a big believer in in the idea that firm and friendly go together. Uh, So I'm a pretty friendly guy, pretty, you know, I bring in lunch for the guys and we laugh and we talk and I say, okay, let's make mama happy here. Let's make sure we get this done. So Bev's happy. And Bev's not any kind of harsh personality. I just kind of use that as a motivational technique. But you know, when you've got 16 months of working with contractors oh and, and et cetera, you know, I had to threaten to sue a contractor, not one of mine, but I had to threaten to sue somebody. I had to be firm. Um, I, I had, I don't mind telling you because I'm not serving up the individual contractor. One of his workers was smoking uh, pot in the building. Now, you know, whatever you think about pot, it's illegal in Tennessee. And by the way, the people in my building don't want their clothing and their linens smelling like pot. 
So I had to draw very firm lines, and I had to draw it again. Then I had to ask him to leave the building. I mean, that's just how it went. So, yeah, there were tough moments. There were tense moments. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There were some tears. I mean, Bev was overwhelmed a few times and as strong a woman as she is. She, she, this was, this was emotion, emotionally difficult. You know, a woman maybe perhaps feels the importance of the nest a little bit more than the man does. And uh, so I, I was grieved by what was going on, but I, uh, I just had a different set of emotions. And she was overwhelmed a few times, but she did magnificent work and uh, engineered upgrades. But a uh, lot of lot of my role, frankly, was to protect that work by being firm. And I, I, I think, frankly, sometimes we're afraid to be firm. We're afraid to, afraid to be clear. We're afraid to draw lines. But that just protects protects the good things that need to happen. That's good. Firm and friendly. I, I mean, I like the, uh, the the two together. Stephen Mansfield is with us. StephenMansfield.tv. You can find more about him. His excellent website has many books, has podcasts as well. Stephen, just a couple of minutes left. Okay, so... Here we are in 2021. Um, hopefully you've had your shots and you're up and running. Um, are you feeling optimistic for what lies ahead of post-COVID? I am very optimistic. The economic trends look very, very good in America. Um, it looks like the majority of Americans will be getting both shots, as I'm sure you've heard. Uh, half of all Americans have one shot now. And I'm hoping we can uh, answer a lot of objections. I think the vaccinations are safe and I'm not an MD, but I think we can go forward with them. I'm, I have had one of my shots. We'll have the other one in a week. Um, so I'm, I'm very optimistic about our ability to get beyond COVID and our ability to uh, rebuild economically here. I think all the trends are solid. We just need to you know, stop beating on each other and stop, stop with the political divisions and see if we can't unify a bit to pull this country back together. Yeah, preach that. Dr. Stephen Mansfield, New York Times bestselling author. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us again. It's always wonderful. Thank you very much. Stephen Mansfield, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, mansfield.tv. As advertised, firm and friendly. WORD. In today's world, the definition of family is changing. The traditional understanding of family is called outdated or even harmful. So how do you make sure you're still following the biblical model in your home? And why is that so critical? Find out with John MacArthur this week. Join him for The Fulfilled Family on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by April 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 
For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. sense is what makes sense soda pop carbonated sweetened beverage this is close to my heart this is hard for me yours so i'm bringing it up yeah i love myself a nice cold coca-cola over mm. ice mm. i love a coke but man it's so filled with calories and sugar it crushes you. I mean, I would love to have a Coke a day, right? A Coke and a smile. But to be honest, a Coke doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, once in a while, it's fine. But I can't do much once in a while. So for my life, as much as I hate to say it, Coke doesn't make sense. Kath? I feel the same way. And uh, I hate saying it. I hate saying it. Listen, I just had one last night. That's yeah. why it's that's why it's the forefront of my mind. That's why I'm struggling with such, you know, depth on this. It's just, you know. Yeah. Here's the thing though. It's it's the pairing. Like I found these new ruffles. They're oh. ruffles with la- jalapeno and lime. Yeah, you're talking my language. Oh my gosh. Listen, they are so delicious. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, I drink water all day. No. Like I got it right here. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to have a the chip? jalapeno chips, lime chips with water. No, but that one, two that. punch of chips and Coke together, you know, that's like, that's like a fat bomb. Right. Okay. So depending on the moment, can I say that a soda does not make sense, Everything but B, in- if you're having a snack duo, it's the only thing that does make sense. Without a doubt. Everything in moderation. I mean, yeah. John, you and I don't drink alcohol. We need something. Give me that. Give me that. Okay. All right. So sometimes. Co- All right. Okay. So speaking of, I was in a convenience store the other day and looking at, but I got in line and it was one of those warmer days. I looked down and this is in quotes, the dude, the dude in front of me, I, I noticed he had a pair of flip flops on and he also had a toe ring. The guy had a toe ring. A toe ring. No, 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 no. Now, does a toe ring make sense? <laughs> no, no. If no, you're, no. if you're, mm-hmm. if you are from mm-hmm. India, 
or if you're a Hindu, it makes sense. It's part of their culture. But like a dude wearing a toe ring? No. No. Get that toe ring off, my friend. It does not make any sense whatsoever. Get it off. For women, maybe. If you're taking very good care of your feet. For men, not in any way, shape, or form in any environment, yeah. circumstance, or geographical location. I'm sorry. This little piggy went to market. Take the toe ring off. That doesn't make sense. And a soda? Yeah, it makes sense under the right circumstances. By the wrong circumstances? Heading into spring, I've been spending a lot of time pondering, analyzing, and debating something extremely important to men, and even many women, and that's whether a new driver would improve my golf game. I would say I'm somewhere between embarrassing and appalling at golf, but man, do I love it. And all my buddies show up with these epic flash, big Maverick Bertha drivers, and I can't help but feel like they've got this massive advantage on me and my persimmons. It's Ryan, and at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're proud to have a pretty special advantage ourselves, and one that can be a big deal for you. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman, and this advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We're much better at mortgages than I am at golf. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone. But call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800 500 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. When it comes to driving, multitasking is not worth a life. Driving is a skill that requires 100% of your attention, 100% of the time. Distractions are everywhere. Don't drive distracted. Be safe, PA. Learn more at penn.gov backslash safety. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. When you enter the Kindness Challenge, go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com.
last year in the city of Pittsburgh, there were 51 homicides, 51. Now, um, community leaders met on the north side uh, today to talk about uh, how homicides and violent crimes are surging. Uh, This year, already, in April, there have been 20 homicides in the city of Pittsburgh, nearly double what the full entirety of what happened last year. That's an 80% increase, 80 in homicides, and a 90% increase in shootings. Right. Apparently, uh, Pittsburgh Chief of Police, uh, Scott Schubert, says this is a part of a national surge. Uh, this is just not Pittsburgh alone. Um, the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, they say they are not going to allow this to continue on, that they're going to uh, put out community resources, more police on the on the streets, because they got to slow this down. I mean, I I'm sure you could attribute this to the pandemic, right? Where people have been inside or cut off from each other. Things have been bottlenecked. Look at the, you know, the recent spate of mass shootings in this country. I mean, people have just lost their minds. And so you you see it, right? You see it in the crime numbers. We're just out of our minds here as we open back up again. And people are just filled with anger and rage and anxiety and all those things together I don't know. Uh, if you ever needed the church open, if you ever needed Christ in the streets, now more than ever. I don't, I mean, none of us, if, if we could easily figure out what the reason was, then we could stop it. There's but not one reason. The problem is there's not one reason no. and nobody can agree on what those reasons are. It's man's you sinfulness. Know. We could say yeah. that. Yeah, right? we can certainly say that. But what manifestation is that taking? You know, I, the thing that's frustrating me above all things in this, uh, in the space, first of all, that it's happening is that mass shootings are like an every other day affair. But the second thing is that we have no nuance in how we discuss it. We have no gray areas. We're all so entrenched, it would seem, in our opinion, that whatever I see in media is just one person yelling at another person. Right. So, I mean, look, I, I don't, it, it, to me, it seems simple to think that if there are all of these increases over these different categories in violence, it has to do with the fact that everybody hates cops. Everybody hates cops and blames them for everything. Wait, no, wait, okay? back up in there. Now, look, no, 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 you, your family was, was marked by this because someone in the North Hills, a young man was killed in the, you know, from a North Hills family yeah. killed in the strip. That has I'm nothing here. to do with policing whatsoever. Well, we don't know that it doesn't have to do with policing. I mean, it has to do with the crazy guy who was making trouble in the bar, got mad that he got kicked out, came back and shot a mirror in the head. Right. So the, the problem is always the first problem is the person who pulls the trigger. I mean, I get that. But I'm just saying that the, there's a rise in violence, not just shooting violence, but just violence all over the country. And I would have to think that has to have something to do with the fact that cops can't do anything right when it comes to the media position. Now, the other thing that I don't think that people can admit is that there are cops who shouldn't be cops and there's something wrong that we have no national standards when it comes to policing so if someone gets you know in trouble and gets tossed out of a police force in georgia you know he or she can go get a job in new mexico and no one will ever know i mean i get that kath i mean surely in every profession there's bad eggs but i'm not going to put this at the feet of cops i mean I'm, I'm not putting it at the feet of cops. I mean, I'm putting it all. I'm putting at the feet of cops because there are bad cops and cops need to be the ones to acknowledge that they are bad cops. Yeah. But the overall, first line of defense, the first line of defense are good cops that are going to point out when there are bad cops. I mean, but the, but the other, 
I'm also blaming people who are blaming everything on cops. I mean, you you can't be you can't be looking at an increase in violence and pair that with a media obsession with with coming down on cops at every possible juncture and not see that there's a connection. Right. I mean, Jay Warner Wallace joins us and, you know, uh, cold case Christianity. He's a regular guest on our show for more than a decade. I mean, the last time he was with us, he, he said that policing is the central occupation, the most necessary occupation in society, because if you don't have law and order, then you have nothing in right. your society. Right. Okay. So the question is then, how do we in society make sure that we have good cops and not tolerate bad ones? That's the problem. Well, I would say it's a lot deeper than that. I'd say it goes back to family. If the family structure doesn't exist in a lot of people's homes, right, then you're screwed. You just, how can you, how can you exist with lawlessness where kids are left to their own devices? Kids are, you know, in gangs or kids are just running wild and there's no father. There's no mother who goes, Hey, listen, you coconuts. This is how we do this in our family. Here's the structure, how this works. I want to show you, like Stephen Mansfield said, I can be firm and friendly as a father and teach my kids the proper way of what it is to be a man, to be a citizen, to be part of this Mm -hmm. incredible place that we live in. And if we don't have that first, the police can work, you know, 15,000 shifts and it won't matter. It's family. Family is everything. And the faith around the family. If you don't have God in your life. Okay, but here's, yeah, I totally get that. But look, we know what we look at the stats every day. We see the increased secularization of America. We don't have that. So we're going to have to find some way forward, which I don't know. Can can it just appeal to the reasonableness of the American? If we can't, if we can't, if if we can't agree on a uh, a God centered worldview, then can we rely on each other to be reasonable? No, you cannot. There's no such thing as other people being reasonable to each other. I mean, the the societal norms have been stripped away. We live like crazy people in this world, in this country, more specifically. Okay, so but what do you but but knowing that, I mean, how do you how are you going to address that? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I would say the church would take the lead on this, but many people ignore the church because the church is its own worst enemy. So what's the answer? I don't know what the answer is, but I do know the answer starts with the family. Okay, so maybe the answer then we have to recognize is multifaceted. So maybe maybe it has to do, as I said, with policing or people blaming everything on police, or maybe it has to do with family, or maybe it has to do with social media. Maybe it has to do with the poisonous outlook that people have when they get on Facebook or Twitter. I don't know. The rage that's in us, right? God help us all. Pray for peace. Pray for the family. Pray for wisdom. Hey, thanks for being with us as always. For Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, you can find us at 101.5 Word FM online, wordfm.com. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.